Hello, and welcome to the Dr. Jocker's Functional Nutrition Podcast, the show designed to give you science-based solutions to improve your health and life. I'm Dr. David Jockers, doctor of natural medicine, chiropractor, and functional nutrition practitioner, and I'm the host of this podcast. I'm here to tell you that your body was created to heal itself. And on this show, we focus on strategies you can apply today to heal and function at your best. I'm excited about today's podcast. But before we jump in, I wanted to remind you to download this month's special gift at drjockersgift.com. From keto meal plans, smoothie recipes, to fasting quick start guides, we have a new complimentary gift every single month. To get your gift, simply visit drjockersgift.com. That's D-R-J-O-C-K-E-R-S-G-I-F-T.com. Thanks for spending time with me, and let's go into the show. If you're a coffee drinker, I have some important information you need to know. You see, coffee is the number one source of antioxidants people are consuming all around the world. It's rich in chlorogenic and caffeic acid, which stabilize blood sugar, support your gut health, and improve your brain. But there is a dark side to coffee. It often carries mold, dangerous mycotoxins, and is heavily sprayed with pesticides that lead to chronic disease. It's also acidic, causing stomach issues, and many have to stop drinking coffee as they get older because it irritates their stomach lining. And that is why I started drinking Life Boost Coffee. I wanted something that had all the health benefits with none of the mold and chemicals found in regular coffee. Plus, it's a shade-grown coffee, which is naturally a low-acid coffee that doesn't hurt my stomach. They have hundreds of testimonials of people who couldn't stomach traditional coffee who can now enjoy coffee on a daily basis without any digestive discomfort. They also third-party test for 450-plus toxins, including mycotoxins, molds, heavy metals, pesticides, and even glyphosate, just to make sure it's the cleanest, healthiest cup they can provide to their customers. I also really like these guys because they build schools for the farmer's children near the coffee farms where they harvest their coffee beans, and they are corporate sponsors of the Rainforest Trust to prevent deforestation and protect wildlife. They really care about the environment. And because you're listening to my podcast right now, you can get 50% off your first order by going to www.lifeboostdeal.com. That's L-I-F-E-B-O-O-S-T-D-E-A-L.com. They serve a variety of organic coffees as well as healthy, low acid, flavored, and decaf options. This isn't just an ad. I'm a Life Boost customer as well. Life Boost Coffee is low acid, shade grown, clean, and free of toxins, and it tastes amazing. Just go to, again, www.lifeboostdeal.com to get 50% off now. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. By popular demand, we've got Dr. Yale Jaffe back. If you didn't listen to episode 232, on DNA-based nutrition and lifestyle strategies, be sure to check that out. That is where Dr. Jaffe and I, we went into detail all about nutrigenomics and how your genes can impact, you know, basically different expressions of how, you know, how you interact with your environment and then how your environment and your nutrition and things like that will impact your genetic expression. And so, 
Um, we went into a lot of detail with that. We looked at some of the popular genes out there like MTHFR. So if you have any, uh, you know, if you're just really interested in, in genomics and, and nutrigenomics and genetics in general, that was a great interview. But I brought her back on because we kind of teased about it in that interview that I would have her on to go over my own genetics report. And that's actually what we're going to do today. And so Dr. Jaffe is a PhD in nutrigenomics, and she has got a great company, 3x4genetics.com. It's 3x4genetics.com. If you are a practitioner out there, you can actually get trained by her and her team on how to read these reports, just like she is going over today. So if you're a practitioner, this is cutting edge stuff. I would highly recommend uh, doing some advanced education in this and offering it to your patient base because genetics is a really, really powerful field of study and it can really help you make good clinical decisions for your clients. And if you're a lay person out there, if you're somebody that's you know not necessarily a health coach or in the health industry, but you are interested in optimizing your own health, then I would definitely recommend getting a genetics report. The good thing about this is as opposed to like blood work where, you know, we recommend getting blood work done at least once a year, if not maybe twice a year, you only need to get your genetics done once, right? That's all you need That's because right. they don't change, right? So you just get them done yeah. once, you get your report, and then you've got that for the rest of your life. And you can work with that with, you know, uh, as you learn on, on different things, different strategies, as well as, um, you know, if you are uh, working with a practitioner, you can show them your report and that can help guide them in the clinical decision-making that they're making to help optimize your health. So um, it's really, really good strategy. We're going to talk a lot about that. We're also going to do a screen share. We're actually going to go over the report and how 3X4 Genetics has set it up. So with that said, Dr. Jaffe, welcome back to the podcast. Oh, thanks, Dr. Jaffe. That was an amazing introduction and I'm super happy um, to be back. Um, I've done this once before many years ago where we did a, a feedback session online and it was actually incredibly um, popular. So I'm hoping everyone will enjoy it as much there. And thank you for sharing your genetics report with all of us so that we can do this. Absolutely. And so, yes, yeah, is really interesting. I, I was very, very interested reading through my report and it really revealed a lot of things to me. And this is what's interesting. You'll have, you know, unique things about you that you couldn't explain in the past and you get your genetics report and you have somebody that's really well trained on how to explain these and they can help clue you in to, you know, different subtleties and different just kind of unique elements, possibly of your mood, uh, you know, related to, you know, different issues, health issues you may have had in the past or present um, and uh, different things to look out for. Maybe, maybe, you know, family history of, you know, various conditions, things like that. And then, you know, most important actionable strategies that you can take to give yourself the best chance to optimize your, your health expression. Absolutely. So remember, remembering that, you know, genetics is amazing, but it's only amazing if we can extract value from it and if we can offer recommendations. So we don't want to just give you genetic data that is kind of nice to have, but not useful. We want to make sure that we can come up with some ideas about not only understanding who you are, which is kind of the insights we spoke about in the in the first episode, but also like what can what kind of daily decisions can this information help us with? So hopefully we're going to reveal some of that today. Okay, great. Well, you ready for me to go ahead? I'll share my screen and pull up my genetics report here. So I'm going to scroll up to page five. Is that coming in? Can you see that? Yes. Well, I can okay. see it. So I'm sure if I can see it, okay. everyone else can. 
That's right. So guys, you'll see it's very, very, it's animated. They've got some really great visuals. I know my audience loves the blog articles with lots and lots of infographics and things like that. And your team has done a great job creating this structure for the genetics report. So it's not just kind of dry language. And, you know, if you just go out and get your genetics report and do it through like 23andMe, which is, you know, the most popular uh, organization that does this, it's very dry. You know, people are all excited about finding out the results and then they get it. And it's just all these letters and, you know, all this code, it's almost, you know, it's a whole different language and people are like, oh, what do I do with that? And they just kind of toss it aside. And so there's so many people out there. I'm sure there's a lot of people listening that can relate with that. But what, what 3X4 uh, has done is a really great job of making this very user-friendly and helping you understand what's going on. And so they explain all the different pathways um, and how all this works. So where it's, do you want to start as we look at this? I was just, uh, as I was thinking about you, if you don't mind, I was like, yeah. before we jump into your report, if I can just uh, take a step back and explain uh, maybe two or three fundamental things about why this genetic report is different from other reports. You've mentioned 23andMe, but of course there's hundreds of other genetic testing companies out there. So maybe we could just touch on three things, pathways, um, color, and then what we call our, our visual conversations, which you've you've mentioned, um, because that's what we're going to look at. So um, I have uh, built many, many genetic tests in, in the last couple of decades, but why? I love um, 3X4 so much is because we really try to uplift the science to make sure that we were giving the best way that genetics can be interpreted. And we don't, what we found over the last couple of decades is that many, many companies, in fact, without exception, will give you a single gene variant, what we call a SNP, or what I think in the first episode I talk about, like a spelling change in your DNA sequence, and give you either a diet or a lifestyle or a supplement recommendation based on that. And one of the things we know is that these, these little spelling changes by themselves are not that powerful. But when you group them, and Dr. Jock has mentioned this, when you group them together, it increases their power. And, and when I say increases their power, it increases the amount of impact they have on our bodies and it increases our insight into understanding how these gene variants might be impacting you. So what we've done at 3X4 is we look at 36 what we call pathways. And the other way to discover pathway is a polygenic risk score. So it's a grouping of genes which have been scored and weighted using a very fan a, a fancy methodology called Darwin, which weights the genes and comes up with a score for you, which we then communicate in the report as either very high, high, medium, and low. And when we use these words, very high, medium, low, high, we're talking about impact, not risk. So this is not a risk genetic test. This is not you're going to get a disease or your risk of getting a disease. It's how much are your gene variants, so your genetic variability, impacting how functional and optimal your body is working. So whenever you see the word very high or high, just put the word impact afterwards because that's really what we're interested in. The second thing you'll notice that's different is we have built the whole report around the language of color. And one of the mistakes I made in my, my career is that they always say you shouldn't let the scientists build the test. And that was really true of me, that I was the one who was doing product development. And um, the one thing we've done very differently in this company is um, I've done the science, but not 
the product development. And that's because of something called user experience. That what is most important is how you're experiencing the report. So whether you're a consumer and a client, or you're a practitioner or a health coach, it's how you engage with the report and the information that is really powerful. Not, you know, how I, how clever I am um, in, in coming up with the gene variants. So we used two different ways to help you have a conversation around genetics. The first is the language of color. And you'll see we don't use the traffic, traditional traffic lights, uh, kind of, I think it's red, yellow, green in the US. We use a, something um, called follow the purple. And the idea is wherever you see purple is where there will be the greatest impact. So dark purple has the highest impact, light purple the next highest, blue will have medium impact, and yellow is a low impact. And if you see gray, there's um, no impact. So the easiest thing, if you really are so new to genetics, again, whether you're a consumer or whether you're a patient of Dr. Jockers or whether you're a practitioner, is you don't need to be an expert in genetics starting out. You simply need to follow the purple and the purple will help you. So that was the first thing. The second thing is um, we are part of this wonderful world of functional and integrative medicine and nutrition. So you'll see that we do something called root cause analysis, which I'm, I'm sure um, is exactly how Dr. Jacques teaches and, and um, teach, uh, communicates. And that is what is happening right upstream? What is happening at a cellular level? We spoke earlier about cellular medicine, healing the cells, basic processes like detox and inflammation. And then what is happening at a systems level, energy, activity, nutrient. So we're not talking about diseases here. We're not saying what is your, the genes impact on diabetes. We're rather interested in what might not be working optimally that manifested downstream as a symptom like insulin resistance or fatigue. Um, and how can we go back upstream and try and address that to, to help what is happening downstream? And lastly is, um, something we're really proud of is our commitment to what we call the visual conversation. And maybe Dr. Jacques, you can just scroll down to one mm -hmm. of the pages, which has one of our infographics on. Yeah. And because like you, what we understood very early on is that so many people learn through um, imagery, through pictures and pictures are so much easier to understand than heavy text and lots of copy. And when I um, had a clinic, I used to draw pictures for every patient that came in. And then we realized, well, if we're drawing pictures for every patient, why do we create a report that is based on imagery? And, and the amazing thing about this report, if you're seeing the screen, is that every image is specific to the patient. The picture changes depending on the genetic results. So no one report is the same as any other report. And the image will change depending on the genetic results. So I think that gives a good background, Dr. Jacques, of, of how it works. And now we can start looking, maybe we can go up to the top and just start looking at what is the different kind of information that you were given when you got your report? Yeah, for sure. And I was also, while you were doing that, I was looking at <clears throat> this right here where it talks about, let's see, and this is- this There, is the a, language of color. Maybe yeah, scroll down so that, that's the language of color. And it says our DNA is the floor plan, but our daily decisions build the house. Every health choice you, you make can and should be personalized for you and your unique, your unique body, right? And that's kind of what we were talking about, the language of color, right? So like you mentioned, that purple is an area of very high impact, 
So that's something we definitely want to consider. And so when we looked at my plan here, first one that popped up was methylation. Yeah. So what I'm going to suggest is I'm going to suggest we skip the top three and yep. we go straight to, um, um, well, let's show the page that has the genetic results. Then let's go to the pathway-based results, which is my favorite page of all. Um, so if so you, you want to look at the make, gene summary first? Yeah. Let's have a look at the gene summary first. And maybe if you can make the page a little bit smaller so they can see more yep. of it. Just scroll down. So what we do, obviously, is we want to make sure that if we're testing something, that we're communicating what we found. So these pages that you see now are really the genetic results. They are the actual results. Remember, you get one copy of a gene from your mother, one from your father. So you're going to have two copies for everything. And as you can see, every single thing in this report is color-coded. So right now, when we're looking at genetic results, you'll see gray, which is no impact. You'll see yellow, which is low impact. And then the, the important page, if we just scroll down one yep. page, is again, look for the purple. So you can see here, there's a, a group of gene results that um, are very high and high. And this, this is a great place if you're um, kind of an expert in this space is to say like, what are the genes um, that have come up that are having a higher impact on Dr. Jockers? Now, if you're not an expert in the space yet, because it takes us years and years to do this, you don't need to know this. This is just really great when you start diving deeper and you really know your genes. And at 3x4, we have a whole clinical guide, which I call the Google of Nutrigenomics, where you can search all these genes and it gives you everything you need to know about the gene, what it does, what the allele does. So we're going to, so I just want to show you that the genetic results are given. They are there for you. But the really most important page is actually the pathway page. And that's for me is probably the most important place to start. So let's go so to this page. The and it's just, yeah, and a couple so maybe, of them that like I can recognize right off the bat are DAO, which plays a role yeah. here in histamine. That's uh, right. VDR, which is like vitamin D receptor. Yeah. Yep. Leper, which is leptin receptor. Leptin has to do with satiety. That's right. Right. It does. And, then as and you if go you look into at like, your very highs, okay. Yeah, ACE, the very high. Which is blood. Well, ACE is amazing, actually. It's involved in yeah. a whole lot of things. So ACE is involved in um, blood pressure regulation. But um, for you, and I actually was thinking about this, you know, the version of ACE that you have, DD, is all about power training and being strong. Mm. So the DD, when you have that result, we usually see um, a lot of great athletes have that result, especially around power baseballs. So I know you were a baseball player. And so it's that ability to be fast, be quick, hit hard, uh, run fast. And, and so that was interesting to see. Um, and there's a couple of other interesting ones there. So I'm, I would prefer to, let's go to the pathway page. We can always yeah. come back to the gene page and start saying, well, how did we, how did we get, how did we get to this pathway? So as I've described, there are 36 pathways in this report. And you can see from this page that they are divided into six categories, cellular systems, cardiovascular health systems, energy, which is really about weight, and managing energy in and out, activity, which is our sports performance or just recreational activity. And then lastly, obviously, nutrients and nutrition. Now, of course, um, what's interesting is normally when I'll do a feedback session with a client, 
I will know who they are because it's always important to understand that genetics does not live in isolation. We do not give recommendations on genetics alone. It is this amazing, insightful piece of a puzzle, but it is a piece of the puzzle. You need to know who your client is, what their medical history is, their weight history, their emotional history, their background, but also what are, what are they coming to you for? What are their health goals? What is their health journey? What are the questions that they have? What are they trying to achieve? So I'm going to stop here because obviously Dr. Jacobs and I have not done a pre-consult. And of course, I'm working here with like the most superior, healthy living patient. So not an ideal patient because Dr. Jacobs is probably doing everything right already, but that's okay. We can still get insights. So maybe Dr. Jacobs, you can give us a little bit of background before we dive into your report on kind of growing up, what, I mean, you shared with me a little bit about, you were very lucky to grow up in a very healthy household. So you were exposed to healthy food very young, which is not most people's exposure, but any family history, any issues that you suffered with um, yeah. in your childhood or later, that would, um, injuries while kind of um, in your sports career, anything like that would give us a little bit of background to who you are. Yeah, well, certainly a couple significant things. When I was growing up, <clears throat> when I was young, I used to have headaches, uh, and I've had nosebleeds my entire life. My, both of my twin boys also have nosebleeds, so I have very regular nosebleeds. Um, also, when I was in my early 20s, I developed irritable bowel syndrome. And my gut is kind of my weak area. So if my circadian rhythm gets out of whack, I'm not eating the right foods, not under more stress, I end up with more gut issues. And my grandfather died from melanoma. And I grew up in Florida, been sunburnt more than somebody should be. Now I thrive getting regular sun exposure for sure, but I also have been sunburnt more than somebody should. And so I actually developed skin cancer as well in my late 20s. Uh, fortunately, I was able to you know, heal that naturally. It wasn't a fast-growing cancer. I was able to heal that naturally. Um, but those are kind of some of the weak areas. Also, I was more prone to injuries. Um, I tend to get like cysts. I've had a cyst in my knee in the past. I have one right now in my wrist, um, like a ganglion cysts. Right. So some of those I've had one in my knee. I had one actually in my, like near my latissimus dorsi in my back when I used to pitch. And I had to take like six months off from throwing and allow it to just kind of heal. Right now I have one in my wrist. So that's something. And uh, actually, when I was working with, um, you know, one of the consultants for you, they were telling me about collagen and joints, right. And how, you know, that, that can be an issue. And I was, and I, and I've always, been careful with, um, you know, hot, like, or like, for example, powerlifting and things like that. Like I lift weights five days a week, but it's motions that I'm very familiar with. I don't do any sort of like intense power cleans or anything like that. I always, I've always felt like, gosh, this could put too much stress on my wrists. Um, I've always kind of felt like I am susceptible to injury and I need to be very careful. Unfortunately, I have very good kinesthetic intelligence, kind of knowing what's too much with my body and being really, really careful with that. But, um, yeah, I've sprained ankles, broken ankles, um, you know, and, and I, I, I tend to be a little bit more prone to injuries. So I try to be really, really careful with that. So those are, 
I would say those are probably some of the bigger things. Uh, my that's mom has so had helpful. some cardiovascular yeah. issues, so that's in my family as well. So helpful. Thank you so much. Uh, that That is really, really helpful. Now that makes this really interesting. So I'm going to touch on, I've made some notes. I'm going to touch on a few things that come to mind. So um, so what we're seeing in front of us here is, is your pathway-based analysis. Remembering that every single line is a polygenic principle, a grouping of genes that we have weighted and scored. And how high the score is will determine whether it came out as purple, blue, or yellow. And remembering that this is the language of color, so we want to follow the purple. Now, um, there were some really interesting things in what I told you. So I just, I want to start at the top. We always start at cellular health. And methylation is this really interesting pathway that is really actually very hard to understand. So I just want to start there. It's, it's not, it's come up as very high. Um, it's, and it's right at the top of cellular. So let's, let's start with, with methylation. So the, the way I describe methylation um, is the concept of DNA health. Now, we always talk about lung health, heart health, skin health, um, eye health heart health, but we never talk about this idea of DNA health. Now, remember that every single cell in your body has got DNA, and every time we make new cells, trillions of them all the time, we're making new DNA. And also remember that every second and nanosecond of the day, your DNA in your cells is being damaged by toxins in the environment, superoxides, free radicals that are damaging the DNA. And the body's job is to repair that DNA continuously. So there's this constant interplay kind of dance of damage to DNA, making new DNA, repairing DNA. And we know that the beginning of, of kind of uh, significant dysfunction, especially in the cancer area, but any kind of neurological, whether it's around miscarriages or um, neurotube deep, anything starts at that DNA level. So the one thing we want to make sure is that methylation is absolutely optimized because methylation is the process of ensuring that new DNA that's being made is as healthy as can be, and that DNA is being repaired effectively. I, I talk about like potholes in the road, and imagine these kind of superoxide free radicals causing potholes in the road, and then you have to go fix the potholes. But if you're making more potholes than you can fix, then obviously the road becomes damaged. So what we want to make sure is that the methylation process is absolutely optimal because if the exposure, for example, to sunshine, which actually will increase the amount of um, DNA damage, is not um, kind of countered by looking after methylation, supporting methylation, making sure we're repairing DNA, you will end up with the highest susceptibility to, to having cancer sometime down the road. So the, the interesting thing about methylation, of course, is it's around the B vitamin support. So there's three different methylation processes. We know in the past, in the world of genetics, everyone only speaks about MCHFR. But remember, no one gene variant will determine whether you're going to get cancer, whether you're going to have a mis It just doesn't work like that. It's a grouping of genes together. So the first thing I would do, um, especially with the conversations, you, you know, you told me about your dad's melanoma, your skin cancer, again, DNA repair, DNA support, looking after your DNA, making sure it's healthy. And that is a lot of conversation around B vitamin support, all the B vitamins, which I'm sure you're taking care of really well. But does that, does that resonate and make sense to you? 
Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I definitely notice that I feel better when I'm getting the B vitamins. Okay, great. Hey guys, I just wanted to interrupt this podcast to tell you about one of my favorite food products. I mean, if you're out there and you're looking for healthy snack options or, you know, really healthy food, sometimes it can be hard to find a gut-friendly, gluten-free snack option. And that's why you need to know about Paleo Valley. They're 100% grass-fed beef and 100% pasture-raised turkey meat sticks are not only loaded with delicious flavor, but they are completely free of carbs and sugar. Such a great bioavailable protein snack to grab on the go. I oftentimes will eat them with meals too. Like if I eat a meal and I'm still a little bit hungry, feel like I need a little bit more protein and healthy fats, I go ahead and have them. You know, they're gluten-free, they're soy-free, they're dairy-free, GMO-free, preservative-free. I mean, what's not to love about that? On top of that, they actually also have probiotics in them as well. So you're getting the protein, healthy fats, and you're getting probiotics, lots of key minerals and nutrients in there, and they taste amazing. And now you can use my coupon code, JOCKERS, just my last name, J-O-C-K-E-R-S, to get 15% off your order today. Simply go to their website, paleovalley.com, and enter JOCKERS at checkout, and you'll receive 15% off your entire purchase. The link and discount code are also available in the show notes of today's episode. Once you try these meat sticks, you won't be able to get enough. My kids and I absolutely love them, and I know your family will too. So try them out today. Now I want to, so this is really interesting. Um, I want to talk about bone health, collagen, and injury, but I'm going to wait one second because it, it speaks to that activity. I'm gonna put it all together because you've come up with quite a lot of purple in, in collagen and joints, bone health, and in injury for, for sports. So we're gonna group those together and we're also gonna talk about your fantastic power genes. Because remember, um, genes, genetics is about insight. It's not a judgment call, it's insight. It's, a, it's working with the strengths and making sure we're supporting the weaknesses. So the one thing that's come up there is a histamine overload. Now, histamine is an interesting molecule that is really hasn't been understood or worked with um, a lot. And recently, we've been doing an incredible amount of work with practitioners and patients around histamine. So many individuals who are suffering from gut dysbiosis, the gut problems, um, and headaches, migraines especially, we're usually finding that there is this um, histamine overload where the histamine is not being broken down in the body and when we get high levels of histamine it's it kind of creates this storm in our immune system which can lead to a, a definitely manifest in around the anything to do with the immune system and we know that most of the immune system lives in the gut so gut disposes but also especially around neuroinflammation headaches and migraines so this was you know whenever i see purple in histamine I'm always looking to think, you know, have there been headaches in your past? What were the triggers for the headaches? Um, there's some high histamine foods that can really trigger like red wine, fermented foods. And remembering that fermented foods is actually a really healthy food. We love red wine. So um, being cognizant of those. Can you talk a little bit about your your experience with, with that? Yeah, for sure. Well, I would say a few things. I would say that... Um, like if I don't move my bowels real well, 
then I definitely get a lot of brain fog. It really impacts my energy and my mental clarity. So I drink a lot of water in the morning, make sure that I'm moving my bowels like twice in the first hour or two um, every morning. And I, I feel so much better when I do that. I think that probably is playing into the histamine, just, um, you know, moving out some of the, uh, you know, endotoxins that are in the system. Um, you know, I used to have headaches. I'm also thinking that the, the, the nosebleeds is probably related to histamine. Yeah. Could well be. That's what I'm, that's I also, when you said the nosebleeds, I was, it could well be because you get this kind of inflammatory immune response to, um, to histamine that can, that, that, really creates a storm that well could could manifest in because it is an inflammatory kind of immune reaction and that's really could could be so it, you know your children's genetics are your genetics yeah. so mostly so it could well be that that's something that um is well worth looking at in, around your kids as well so um and and the thing about histamine is the what we what we generally recommend is that we don't remove all the foods from the diet that are high in histamine because there's some really great ones like avocado, tomatoes, fermented kimchi, all those foods. But when there is an episode, so an episode of gut or an episode of headaches, nosebleeds, anything, then we would just for a short time decrease our exposure to histamine foods and just to give the body a little bit of a break. Um, and then we also know that there are some supplements that can try and help kind of break down the histamine as well. Yeah. So we work, work with that as well. So yeah, just I do notice that some of those um, histamine lowering supplements, like I do very well with vitamin C, quercetin, resveratrol. I was going to say quercetin. So that's all three of those. I notice, I notice a pretty yeah. significant difference. Like when I'm supplementing that's with those good. regularly, just feel a lot better. And that's that's probably around the histamine. So we yeah. we strongly go with quercetin and resveratrol, hundred percent. And then, as I say, when there's an episode, we decrease. We just give the body a bit of a break yeah. from from the histamine generating molecules. Um, and and then once you're back again, we kind of reintroduce those foods. But you're hundred percent right. Those are three great choices for for, for supplements. Okay, let's talk about um, this interesting space around bone. So the so this three pathways that all kind of talk to each other. The one is your bone health, which actually came up as, as very high. And this is about how we um, break down um, bone cells and how we make new bone cells. Because bone is really a, a, this continuous story about making new bone cells and old bone cells dying off and how efficient and effective that process is happening. But collagen and joints is, is also in purple. In, in the light of purple. And that is really about how, how well-maintained our collagen is. And of course, a lot of the injuries that we see, whether it's Achilles or ACL or MCL or rotator cuff, or any of those injuries are going to be around maintaining kind of collagen and joint health. And then when, when we looked at your activity um, pathway down lower, I also noticed that under injury, you had purple. If you could just just maybe just mm -hmm. go down. I can't see yeah. it on the screen. Um, and so yeah, there, there it is. Very, very, very high. So it was very interesting to me when I heard you talk about your almost now understanding that you have been working on your health forever, for decades. You are so intuitive about what is the best thing to feed your body, what is the right exercise, 
you came from a family where your mother was very, already kind of working with you around healthy eating. So you have had a lifetime of, of good eating, which is amazing. Now, 99% of the time that we're working with patients with three genetics or clients, that isn't our experience. And often there isn't that self-awareness. And one of the things I love that you said was that kind of intuitiveness around the kind of kinesiology of body of what is an overload for your body and what is appropriate exercise to be doing. Because if you're looking at what we're seeing here, which is injury, and injury is a combination that's going to be collagen, it's going to be joints, it's going to be inflammation, and it's going to be oxidative stress that is going to increase your susceptibility to injury. When you put those all together, you really want to be consciously managing your load of exercise training, how much recovery you're getting, your nutrition around collagen support, which I'm assuming you've been kind of aware of, yeah. and, and making sure, as you say, in your training, that you're not overloading the body. Because if you, you can see from what we're seeing here, that if you were of, of the kind of persona who would go out and overtrain, overexercise, overload the body, it is very, very likely that you would have seen even more injuries than what you, you kind of shared with us. Yeah, I am. I am very susceptible to overtraining. So for me, I always, I just feel better exercising. And, you know, at one point I was exercising every day, like doing pretty intense exercise every day. When I do that, it definitely over overloads my system. And if I'm not sleeping well, I have more stress, things like that, that definitely impacts uh, my ability to recover from my workouts. So exercise is, a, is something that I have engaged in my whole life. But uh, yeah, I definitely have to just be be aware of the signs that my body is telling me because yeah, I can absolutely cause just more pain. I'll have back pain, you know, whatever it is, just more aches and pains in my joints um, from overtraining and not recovering well. Yeah, it's great. So what, what's fun here is we'll go through everything and then we'll kind of come back to the top. And I think when we mm -hmm. finish, we'll just summarize, like what are some of the key learnings? The one, one thing I do want to mention, just as a matter of interest, is if you just look at your energy pathways, is yeah. that, um, so energy is around how we consume calories, how we driven to eat and behave around food, how we store energy, how we burn up energy. And, and in essence, how hard, how hard is it for us to lose weight? How easy is it for us to gain weight? Now, wonderfully for you, you can see in yellow, if we look at that weight gain and weight loss resistance, so I know you have some purple in adipogenesis and appetite, satiety, and intake. But when we look at the overall picture of your experience of consuming and burning up energy, it's, it's actually a really good picture for you. So if you had come to me and said, well, you know, I've been battling with my weight my whole life and it's a constant battle for me. And, you know, I would have been quite surprised, Dr. Jockins, because what I'm looking at here, I'm saying, actually, this is probably one area of your health that hasn't been an area of major concern and something that you really had to work hard on. Would that be fair to? to yeah, absolutely. That? That's, that's, yeah, I've always been very lean. So if anything, I'm always trying to gain weight. I'm always trying to gain muscle weight. So that's been a big thing. And then the appetite satiety intake. Yeah, that's, a, that's a definitely an interesting thing. Back when I was a personal trainer and I was not fat adapted, I was eating higher carbs and eating all throughout the day. It was like I was always hungry. Ever since I've gotten fat adapted and really you know retrained my metabolism with a lower carb, higher protein diet, um, I usually like at this point, 
I don't typically get hungry till I start eating, but when I start eating, then it's very easy for me to overeat, right? It's hard for me to kind of shut it off. Um, and I think that probably has to do with that leptin receptor. Yeah, it could be. So I love that pathway. The appetite satiety intake is my absolute favorite pathway because it was such an epiphany for me when I started working in the world of genetics to discover that we don't experience hunger in the same way and we don't experience fullness in the same way. So even though you and I might fast for the same amount of time, when we start eating, our experience of hunger and how much food we need to eat to feel full will be completely different. And, and you know, that's one of the areas that I also kind of have, have, um, have purple is that when I'm exposed to food, and there is, I'll call it the kind of buffet effect. You know, when there's a buffet around me and there's beautiful, delicious food, I am very, very driven to eat. Yeah. And I will eat past satiety. I, am, oh, yeah. I, 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 I will eat past satiety. So, so that's interesting that you mentioned that because it came up as purple. That, and obviously, by you working, you've worked around it, right? You're working with intermittent fasting. You're using fat and protein to manage appetite. But you can imagine why when someone has that kind of triggers to eat all the time, a, a high carbohydrate kind of sugar-based diet is going to be a kind of a multiplication oh, yeah. of, of, of triggers. So For sure. Really, and I, really I still have to balance this because, I mean, it's easy for me to eat. I usually only eat twice a day and it's easy. I could eat 2,000, 2,500 calories a lot of times in one meal easily. And, you know, if... Some days I feel great doing that. Some days I just feel like, oh my gosh, I ate way too much, right? And I, and I feel the energy drop. So I have to really be careful and try to manage this as far as taking some time and saying, okay, did I have enough food, right? Am I good right now? Let's just, let's stop eating, right? And just being more aware of it. You know, the, the 15 minute rule, give your body 15 yeah. minutes to tell you whether- um, Yeah, exactly. Whether you're falling out and if you're still hungry, we'll go back, but let's let's give it a bit of time technology. So that's that's really interesting. And so I think that is what we're seeing in your genetic pathways here around energy seems a very good reflection of of um, of, of your perception. So the other thing that was interesting is we did see in the cardiovascular health systems a little bit of cardiovascular coming out in purple. So um um, blood pressure and vascular. Now I know you, you and I spoke another time and you actually yeah. told me you had a low blood pressure. True. Um, yes. I had orthostatic yeah. hypotension, uh, okay. in younger years when I had irritable bowel, I was also at that time. Well, when I got into graduate school, I was living in a home that was moldy. And so I was struggling uh, okay. with more of this sort of orthostatic, very low blood pressure and okay. lack of perfusion into my brain. I always had cold hands right into my hands, things like that. You also mentioned that your mother had some cardiovascular issues. Is this? Yeah, she's had arrhythmias. Yeah, she's had arrhythmias. Nobody that I know of in my family has had hypertension, but my my mother has dealt with uh, arrhythmias. She had a, a heart surgery. Um, okay. You know, just working on the rhythm in her heart. Okay. So I would say like, it's, I mean, the great thing about working with someone like you is you've been making so many wonderful decisions from such a early age, you know, exercise, healthy nutrition, good quality food, close to source, that it's very unlikely that anything here would manifest anyway, because you're, you've been, you know, you're slim, you're fit. But again, we try to imagine when we work with genetics that if, if I was working with someone who'd been making very poor dietary choices, 
um, uh, very sedentary, that this might manifest in a different way. And that's where genetics is really insightful, is trying to help people understand who they are and kind of how they exist in the world around them. And then try and obviously move them to making better choices to try and manage these. So the other one I noticed is around caffeine. Tell us yeah. how you manage caffeine. Because what we're seeing there in purple means, just to interpret it, is you've got a very high caffeine, which means you're a very slow metabolizer of yeah. caffeine. So caffeine goes into your system, takes a very long time to increase and stays in your system for a long time. Yeah, it's interesting. I just did a uh, podcast. We have a blog on caffeine metabolism, and I have that CYPA12 That's right. uh, gene variant, the CC variant. So I'm a slow caffeine metabolizer, and this is very true. Like most people are drinking, you know, if they drink coffee, it's 80 to 100 milligrams of coffee, and a lot of people can drink one or two and barely notice anything. For me, when I drink coffee, and I actually take regular caffeine holidays, but I would say five days a week, I'm drinking about 50 milligrams and I will drink it. I I usually start a few hours after I wake up and then I will like fill my, I just like the warm water and and kind of the flavor of it. I'll make it last for like three hours, right? If I drink it too quickly, I do get anxiety. I do feel jittery, like too much of a shock on my nervous system. Oh, that's fascinating. So you have like a, yeah, I mean, you can see there it's dark purple. And I mean, a lot of people will try and kind of, habituate to caffeine so a lot of people will do that they will they will have this purple and they will just load this system and you can to a degree habituate to caffeine the question is whether should you and the thing about caffeine is if used correctly it can actually be really helpful so if you mm-hmm. understand how your body is metabolizing caffeine especially if you're an athlete um for events for performance for training you can time how you utilize caffeine to be able to get the best out of it so if you like yourself are going to be a slow metabolizer. You're not going to feel the effects of the caffeine very early, but as time goes, you're going to have a great impact. And imagine if you then had a second coffee, that would really push you into that kind of really higher level. So we work with athletes around timing. If you really want to peak and get the best kind of ergogenic effects, performance effect from caffeine, when would be the best time? So it sounds like, again, you've been extremely intuitive um, you do have this one-to-one gene um, about how you manage your caffeine intake to kind of get the best enjoyment from it, but not to overwhelm the system. Because like you, I also suffer. And it's not, you know, everyone thinks it's only about insomnia, but it really isn't. It actually really has a quite a, a huge impact on the nervous system. And mm-hmm. I get jittery, I get restlessness, I get a, bit, a little bit of that kind of anxiety. So it really is understanding your caffeine and, and working around it. I just want to interrupt this podcast to tell you about the importance of vitamin C. We know vitamin C is a critical immune-boosting nutrient that most people are deficient in. But did you know that vitamin C is also a very important nutrient for anti-aging? You see, vitamin C is the glue that holds collagen together in your body. Collagen is what makes up your skin, your hair, your nails, your gut lining. If your collagen is weak, because you're deficient in vitamin C, then you're gonna end up with saggy skin. You're gonna end up with more cellulite. You're gonna end up with a weak immune system. You're gonna end up with age spots on your skin. You're gonna end up with more inflammation in your body from leaky gut. And so vitamin C is really critical 
But here's the thing, not all vitamin C supplements are created equal. Most of them are not very bioavailable and they simply pass through your digestive system, creating expensive urine. However, our friends over at Purality Health have a patented formula that I'm really excited about, and it utilizes something called micelle liposomal technology, which delivers the nutrients into your bloodstream, and it's proven to be 800% more efficient at delivering these nutrients than your standard supplements. So if your skin is looking older than you, and the appearance of fine lines, wrinkles, age spots, sagging skin, and otherwise old-looking skin frustrates you, then give Purality Health's MyCell Liposomal Vitamin C a try. It's backed by a 180-day money-back guarantee, so you really have nothing to lose. You can get your money back if for some reason it doesn't work for you. And today, we have a 30% off coupon just for you. Just visit PurityHealth.com and use the coupon DRJ to access 30% off your purchase today. Again, 180-day money-back guarantee. Just go to PurityHealth.com. Use the coupon code DRJ, just all one word, DRJ, to access 30% off your purchase today. Yeah, for sure. And I definitely, if I have caffeine too late in the day, I'm not going to sleep well. So yeah, it's yeah, uh, me too. <laughs> it's definitely about modulating it, kind of figuring out when, when, when to take it, you know, obviously earlier in the day and then, uh, you know, the, the right dosage, because I also, sometimes if I'm drinking too much, I will notice more inflammation, just more pain in my body. That's another thing that will drive up. So if I, if I'm taking the right dosage, and this is what I always tell people too, with caffeine is you should feel amazing when you take it. Like you should feel great. If you don't, yeah. you're probably either overdoing it, um, yeah. you know, or, or drinking too much too quickly, or maybe you have a poor quality source that may have mycotoxins. You know, there's things you need to look at with how your body's responding to it. Um, because ultimately you should feel great with it. Agreed. And that's the thing. Caffeine is not a baddie, right? We like caffeine. We just want to make sure that we're using it to it's kind of appropriately. That's great. Now, interestingly, and, and the last thing I would say is that, you know, folate came up in purple. Yeah. And that, you know, so I, so what I'm going to do, if you don't mind, if you can go right to the end of the report, I want to show everyone what's right in the back. Like, so obviously we have these beautiful infographics. Yeah, these are great. Spoken through. And basically what we've done is we've taken the conversation that we've been having around the pathways, what color they are, and we've put them into a visual representation. So you can see there, as Dr. Jock was scrolling through, is that we've got a visual representation of collagen and joints, of bone health. And this enables you to have a conversation between the practitioner and the client around what does it mean to talk about bone health? What does it mean to talk about collagen and joints? What is collagen and joints? And you'll see that you'll get uh, information about what it means. Yep. You'll get the color. So the color of your results will go right from the beginning to the end. And you'll also see that we rate them. So on every infographic, we will have a number one, two, three, which will tell you which are the pathways that have most been impacted by the genes in your category. So you can see bone health came up as number one, collagen is number three. Yeah, because and it gives helpful, gotta... helpful strategies too. Like in the bone health, it'll talk about, you know, it's important to include sunlight, minerals, vitamin D and K and exercise daily, right? So you get some some really quick 
takeaways from it as well. Oh, thanks. Yeah, thanks to mention that. I love the, uh, the other thing to mention is that all these images, if you just, it, like here's a beautiful one around activity, mm-hmm. um, are based on storytelling. So we've tried to create a story for every category that as a practitioner, you can have a, a, a way to engage by storytelling. So I love that activity one. It's like, you know, yeah. if you if you scroll up, it's like, so how do you prepare for training? You know, if you look at the top one, it's like talking about training response. Like, what is your potential around training? You know, are you going to be in a podium? Or are you just going to be in the middle of the pack? Or let's just get you off the couch. What is your susceptibility to be about injury? So, you know, thinking about that. And then the next panel really about, well, are you more endurance or power-based? Like, where should you be training? And then the last one will be about, okay, now that you've been training, how how is the best way for you to recover? How much recovery do you need? So every infographic has a story that we teach our practitioners how to use to be able to really resonate around how genetics impacts us. So here's our nutrients one. And you can see that the way we've done nutrients is every single nutrient um, is a plate of food or a platter of food. And what is on the platter obviously changes depending on your results. And you can see we spoke about caffeine just a little bit higher there. And you can see that graph. We were talking about how Dr. Docker, Docker's um, caffeine stays in his system a really long time. And you can see that long purple graph, whereas someone else who had it in yellow would have had that first one, that dotted line, where it goes up very quickly, but it actually comes down really quickly. So that's just an example of how we use the infographic to, um, to point out what is the impact. And you can see there we've got we're only giving Dr. Jockers just a little bit of coffee. We're recommending maybe caffeine. There's only a little bit of in the pot. But if we can find the infographic for folate, um, so every, there's okay. folate. So what, what we, um, folate is probably one of the most important nutrients when we talk about methylation. And remember right up front, we spoke about this kind of DNA health and methylation and B vitamins being super supportive of ensuring that methylation is working. But we can see here that folate is in purple, which means that the ability to metabolize and process folate is not as optimal as we would like for Dr. Jockers. And so we want to make sure there's support. And obviously we can make choices around food, adding different fruits. You can see there's some um, beans and some, there's some beautiful green leafy vegetables in there that we want to make sure that we're guiding food first for our patients to be able to make better choices. But of course, there is a time and a place where we might want to use a methylated folate product. Um, But what I want to show is if we can go past the imagery right to the back, where we show what we call gene, the gene pathway analysis, right at the back. And what this does is it shows you what are the genes that are tested in every pathway. So if you're interested in understanding when you said like folate, what were the genes that made my folate? Yeah, that so it's called genes by pathway. So you can see methylation and you can see all the genes we tested um, that would have contributed to that total score. And we're going to go down and have a look at folate right at the end. Unfortunately, nutrients are right at the end. So this is where if you really are excited about working with genetics, you can go and deep dive and you can understand more deeply, like what are the genes that contributed to that pathway having a certain score? So there's folate. 
And you can see there are there's MTHFD1, which is going to have an impact on the way that pollen is metabolized. Now, the reason that I wanted to, to identify this is for the last two decades, all we spoke about is MTHFR. That MTHFR was the main gene variant that would determine what folate supplements you took, what B vitamins you took, what diseases you're going to get. And what I wanted to show you is that MTHFR is only one gene variant that will impact methylation or impact folate metabolism. And in fact, for Dr. Doctors, doctors, what we're seeing is that MTHFR, I don't know if you can see it, is actually in yellow, um, which means that he has an heterozygote, so one copy of each, which means that the main driver of folate metabolism that is being impacted is not actually coming from NTHFR, mm. but is coming from NTHFD1, which you can see is coming from there because it's in purple, remember? Follow the purple. And this is a perfect example of why it's so important not to attach ourselves to single gene variants, but to look at a grouping of genes that would be impacting a different area. Yeah, and that's really good. So yeah, most people are looking at MTHFR, but you know, for me, it's the homozygous MTHFD1 that's uh, playing a bigger role. Absolutely. And if you'd only looked at MTHFR, you would have seen that there's not a really big effect there. And you put, well, I'm not going to worry about my college intake. It doesn't seem to be something I have to confirm myself. And that is why it's so important that we group these genes and look at the total impact. Mm. And so what we've done at the back of the report, you can see is we've carried on the color coding. So by looking yep. here, you can see what genes did we look at and um, which are the genes that in this pathway are contributing the most to, to having this impact. Yeah, it's interesting. I'm also looking at the vitamin D there. And I've got that yeah. CYP2R1, which that has to do with the conversion of tw of uh, twenty five hydroxy into one twenty five hydroxy, the active form, right? Yeah, I'm just gonna. That's so right. Because initially, liver. So, to, so what I'm doing while we're chatting is I'm going to go into my clinical guide. Remember, I mentioned the kind of Google of nutrigenomics. Yep. Um, and I'm going to give you some information. But it was interesting when we first looked, we picked up on BDR, and we thought that BDR yeah. was the um one second uh was the major thing whoops yeah the cyp let me uh i'm gonna pull up an article that i've written about this vitamin d okay. resistance because this is actually just you know one last just kind of interesting thing is that with vitamin d there's a lot of people that will supplement with vitamin d but they have trouble getting the actual active form elevated and so we have a kind of a breakdown on here. Oh, fantastic. And yes, absolutely. And yeah, that's so this EYP2R1 is right here where it takes the inactive vitamin D3. That's right. And converts it to the active D3 form. Yeah, exactly. Right. So, yep. So right in there, that's where my body is a little bit sluggish. Right. So just as, as so we know that there is, what this gene variant does is reduce the ability of the CYP2R1 enzyme to convert that vitamin D to its active D3 mm -hmm. form. And so what we would want to think about when we're thinking about working with the patient is like, well, would we want to perhaps use a supplement that had the more active form of vitamin D3 that would ensure that we're having that D3 in our system if we were 
intrinsically yeah. not able to produce it. So that's a pure case where we would want to use a vitamin D3 supplement right there. Yeah. Yeah. This has been really, really interesting. This is uh it's been a great deep dive into this. And you guys that are are following along, you can see this test is so detailed and you can literally take a long time to go through and really understand all of these genes. This is a high level training. And even the experts don't remember them right off the top of their head because it's like a whole nother <laughs> language, right? Um, but you start to carry out, you start to, to get a hold of some of the key players, some of the key genes. And I love how you guys have just broken this down and have really, really great input on each of these pathways. And uh, it just makes it so much easier to understand genetics. And again, for those of you guys that are out there that haven't had something like this done, the good thing about genetics is you only have to get it done once. And once you get that's this right. test done, that's you have that for life, right? And you carry yeah. that with you for life. And so now you start to understand these tendencies. Now for me, I understand, hey, I've got to be, I've got to watch out for my histamine load, right? I've got to be careful of that. I got to make sure I'm getting enough folate. I got to make sure that, you know, I'm careful with my caffeine intake, right? Things like that. And uh, so this is so helpful. You can see here, you know, vitamin D, vitamin C, I, I have a need somewhat of a need, a medium need for vitamin C. And I, I do feel better when I'm consuming vitamin C, right? And so it just gives such good actionable, um, you know, and very user-friendly, very easy to, to apply and actionable strategies to follow up on. So Dr. Jaffe, this has been great. This has really been uh, just a great deep dive. I think my audience is really gonna enjoy this. And guys, we offer the three by four genetics test off of our website. And we have some great practitioners, particularly Melissa, who's who does the podcast regularly with me when we do Q&As. And she is an expert in this. She's been training with Dr. Jaffe's team. She really understands this test. She loves utilizing it. So if you're interested in getting this done, definitely reach out to Melissa. It's just uh, her email is melissa at drjockers.com. You can find her on our website. You can find inf more information about the 3 by 4 genetics test, and she'll help you get this ordered and do the detailed consult with you. And if you're a practitioner out there, just go to 3x4genetics.com. That's, That's the right. proper website, right? 3, 3x4 yeah, genetics. Yeah, perfect. And just reach out to us. We'll, yes, we'll be in touch. Yeah. exactly. And that way you can figure out this. You can get detailed training uh, from Dr. Jaffe and her team and start utilizing this with your clients. So thanks again, Dr. Jaffe, any last words? Well, thank you very, no, thank you so much for sharing your report with us. That was super fun doing that. And um, as I said, you're making amazing choices, no surprise, but it just shows that we can't take our daily choices for granted. That the decisions you've been making your entire life since your childhood and that your mom enabled you to make have had a huge impact on how you've manifested your health. And, and so, you know, I would just say like, it's never too late to start making different decisions, no matter who we are. And, and genetics gives us that insight. So thank you very much. Awesome. Thanks again, Dr. Jaffe. And we'll see you guys in a future podcast. Be blessed, everybody. Well, that's all for this show. And I want to thank you again for spending your valuable time with me today. And if there was something you heard in this interview that you have questions on or you want to dive into deeper, then drjockers.com is the best place to go. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider taking just a quick moment and giving us a great review. Your reviews help us influence more people and transform more lives. And if you took something valuable away from this episode, then please share it with someone in your life you know it can help. 
We'll see you soon on a future podcast. Be blessed, everybody.